Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. It's not easy to express all that this day holds for the Dufresne family. It was 50 years ago this year that my husband first heard a man by the name of Kenneth Copeland. I know where Brother Copeland was at 50 years ago. He was at the Denver Hilton Hotel preaching at the Full Gospel Businessmen's World Convention. My husband was, it was 1971. My husband was part of his local church serving in the Ministry of Helps. And somebody handed him a brochure inviting him to the Full Gospel the uh, full, full gospel businessmen's world convention. And God said to him, I want you to go. And my husband said, God, I don't have the money to go. He was in Southern California then. And God said, sell your house. You don't do that unless God tells you, but if you do something good's connected to it. And his house sold in one day. And he got the money and showed up. And he went to that conference that was, the meetings were held there in the hotel at the different meeting rooms and ballrooms. And he heard for the first time a man by the name of Kenneth Hagen. He heard for the first time a pastor by the name of John Osteen. And someone that was really uh, younger and newer on the scene, uh, a, a minister, Kenneth Copeland. And uh, that day, set some things in motion for this ministry. And my husband, he was in his thirties at the time, but he was able to coerce his way down into what they called the dungeon (laughs) there in the hotel. And they were having the youth meeting and Ed wanted to be in on the youth meeting because he heard that this fellow by the name of Kenneth Copeland was going to preach there. So he, he worked his way in and he heard a sermon called the covenant man, David. And his life was marked and his life was changed. And he came out of that meeting and he stood in the lobby area and he said to somebody, is there a way to get more preaching messages of this fella? And a woman was standing by him and said, yes, there is. And a lady by the name of Glory Copeland handed him a brochure. And he got hold of those messages, those reel-to-reel tapes when he got back home. But uh, it was in that hotel, everyone would gather in the the foyer and the lobby to go into the different rooms where they were having meetings. And Ed walked in and he saw a lady laying across a few steps that was leading into one of the meeting rooms. He said to the minister that was staying there, what's the matter with her? I mean, you don't normally walk into a hotel and see people laying in the floor. Well, this minister said, well, she came up to me and she wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I laid hands on her and she's laying there. Well, Ed had never seen anybody in his church fall out under the power of God. So he thought he was ready to help apply medical aid, you know. And when he saw her laying there, he said to himself, God, I hope you never do something like that to me. And in the midst of thinking it, a flash of light went off in the whole lobby and he fell out and about 50 people along with him fell out in a radius. 
And Jesus walked in and put a healing anointing in his hand. And to hear him tell the story, um, a woman fell on top of him. I'm keeping that to myself. And um, so he uh, laid there, his hand started burning with healing power. He had never heard of such a thing, never been around such a thing, didn't quite recognize all that was connected to it. And this woman finally got up off of him along with the other 50. And she said to him, she said, something happened to you. He said, yeah, my hand is burning. And she said, that's healing power. And she was a large woman wearing a tent dress because she was full of cancer. She had this large cancerous tumor that was massive. And she had to wear a tent dress to even accommodate that. And he laid his hands on her and in an instant and suddenly that tumor disappeared like you popped a balloon in that dress just fell alongside her and she was normal size. It matters that you wear, you, that you're where God tells you to be. It matters that you're under the pastor God tells you to be under. It matters even though others preach the word, do they have the word for your life? And my husband sold his home to be where God told him to be. And uh, he came back home and told a few people about it in his church of what had happened and they didn't quite welcome that flow of healing. But there was another door open to him and somebody asked him to come and start holding some services for them. And so he did that, but his way of conducting the service was he would pack up his reel-to-reel tape player and pack up the Kenneth Copeland preaching (laughs) messages. And he would take those into the service and put them on the pulpit and say, "Uh, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and minister to you, but first... Kenneth Copeland is going to preach for you. So he would push the play button and walk off and go sit down. And they would all listen to Brother Copeland. And he did that month after month, week after week, month after month. Several months into it, he was packing up his reel-to-reel tape player again to take it to the service. And God spoke to him and said, leave your tape player at home. And that was the beginning of his, of Dufresne Ministries. And I would say that Brother Copeland, without knowing it, was there at the very beginning. Um, Brother Copeland asked him, I think sometime later, did you ever send me any offerings off those sermons that I preached for you? And I told Brother Copeland a couple years ago, in recent years, I've been trying to make up for that. I know compounding interest, you know, but I'm endeavoring to make up for that. And so you can understand that Brother Copeland was 
preaching in a Dufresne Ministries meeting. And so for a Dufresne to be preaching in a Copeland meeting, it's a, it's a big day. So thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Turn with me if you would in your Bibles. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 4. Paul is writing. And he says, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But my speech, my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit. What is that? The anointing of God. My speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit and the power. And verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should stand in the power of God. Amen. I believe in the power of God. My faith is hooked on to that power. Jesus on one occasion appeared to dad Hagen. And in the course of this, he said something to him. And just because the man is no longer on the earth, we can't let slip what Jesus said because we need it. And especially in these last days, we need it. And so I always purpose to keep these things rehearsed in the ears of people because we don't want to let them slip. And Jesus appeared to dad Hagen and made this statement to him. He said, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. If people needed power, they had to get where I was. That's why the multitudes thronged me to touch me. Why? Because they recognized that there was a flow of power in his presence. So you have to understand up to this time, the power and presence of God had been confined to the Holy of Holies. People could not go in there. They did not have access to this presence. And the Holy Spirit through the Old Testament, we read that he would come upon people for a work at times. He would come upon the prophet, Uh the king, the priest, and he would come on someone that was to do a special assignment. But he didn't come to abide. He was not abiding in the earth. So we have to realize that we live in a precious day that the Holy Spirit is dwelling here on the earth. But Jesus said, so you can imagine when the the, the people had no access to the tangibility of God's presence to have Jesus out walking. The presence of God, the power of God out moving among men. It had to be so prevalent in what they sensed and what they felt because they could not access the Holy of Holies and sense that presence and, and be there. But Jesus came and was where they were. And, uh, no wonder everyone wanted to be where he was. So the multitudes would. And so Jesus said to dad Hagen, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. If people needed power, 
They had to get to where I was. That's why the multitudes thronged me to touch me. Then Jesus went on and said, but now the Holy Ghost is on the earth and he is the power of God and he is present everywhere. So power is present everywhere. Amen. No wonder Paul said that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, the reasonings of men, the calculations of men, what men can figure out, but th- that your faith would stand in the power of God. What? That's present. Present, yes. yes. So right now in your house, there's power present. Right now in your car, there's power present. Right now at your business, there's power present. Not just in this building where there's a united faith, but power is present everywhere because the Holy Ghost is everywhere. That's why you can get someone saved Anywhere. You don't have to be in a church at an altar. You can be in the grocery store. You can be at the gas station. You can be at your workplace. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there. He's present everywhere. That's why you can get healed everywhere. Thank God for a church where the power and presence of God is given its place. But you don't have to wait for a church service in the middle of the night. The power of God is present right where you're at. What's it waiting for? That your faith should stand in the power of God. It's waiting for our faith to bring that power into manifestation. Jesus went on and said, the Holy Spirit, because he's on the earth now, he's the power of God. He's present everywhere. Power is present everywhere. He went on and made this statement. Jesus said, there's enough power in every sick room. There's enough power in every hospital room, every 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 hospital, every hospital room to raise up that sick one. And then he tells the condition, if they only know it's present and give it action, give it action. Amen. So when he said there's enough power, in every sick room. Yes. He didn't say every sick room of the Christian. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's good. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's everywhere. There's power to raise up that sick one. And he said, there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room, what? To raise up, to raise up, to raise up, not to leave there. The power doesn't come just to leave people as they are and leave them where they've been. The power comes to raise up, to raise up, to do a work. There's enough power in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. I so appreciate, I so appreciate, he said, to raise up that sick one, regardless of the advancement of their disease. Yes. Yes. 
They could be within moments of leaving this planet, of taking their last breath. But the power that's present is enough to raise them up if, 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 if they only knew it was present and would give it action. How do you give it action? By faith. Our faith activates the power that is present and brings that power into manifestation. Power is present everywhere, but it's not manifesting everywhere. It manifests in places like this where faith is moving. It's free to manifest. But just because it's present doesn't mean it's in manifestation or doing a work or people receiving what they need. Anytime in pastoring that I got a call that somebody of our congregation was in the hospital, this is always what I took to them. Jesus said that there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. So you're in one of those rooms. There's power there waiting for you. Now, you know it's there because I just told you. Now, give it action. Give it action. How do you give it action? You release your faith in that power. I love the, the event that happened under Smith Wigglesworth's ministry. He was asked to come and minister to a, a man's wife. She was within moments of dying. And there were other, congreg- other Christians rather that had circled, gathered around her bed to minister, pray for her. And one would start praying and said, oh God, comfort the children. And the next one pray, oh God, comfort the husband. They had her buried by the time they were done praying. And Smith Wigglesworth was there saying under his breath, oh God, shut them up. Why? Because he knew that something greater was present. So he prayed. And when he prayed, Jesus' face appeared over the bed of that dying woman and she was raised up. I mean, she was skeletal and she was completely raised up. And afterwards, those Christians that were in that room with him said, how come nothing happened when we prayed? And he said, because you prayed looking at the dying woman. I prayed looking at Jesus. If you're going to be focused on what you see, you're going to have to stay where you are. But God gives us a better place to look. Amen. And one thing we can set our attention, our focus, and our words on is what Jesus said, the power of God is present in every every sick room, every hospital room to raise up that sick one if they only know it's present and would give it action. What you put your attention on is what is getting the action. People don't realize your faith is your attention. Where your attention goes is what your faith is on. And it is a spiritual discipline to cast down imaginations. It's a spiritual discipline to bring every thought into captivity, to hold your attention 
And you got to get your words involved to hold your attention. Talk it. There's power in this room because the Holy Ghost is in this room. But I want, not only that, power's in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That what brings that power into manifestation? Us hooking our faith to it. And this is what Paul said, that your faith would not stand in the, in the wisdom of man, in the thoughts, the reasonings of man's mind, but in the power of God. I was preaching to our congregation in times past on this message. And uh, I'd taken several weeks to preach on it. And I got up about the third or fourth week getting ready to preach on it again. And I found myself going from side to side of the platform and words were coming out of my spirit. And I was saying them before my mind had an opportunity to catch up with what was coming out. And I was hearing myself say out of my spirit, let the power fall. And I would go to this side of the platform, let the power fall. Then I'd go back and I'd say, let the power fall. And I just kept going back and forth across the platform saying just those words, let the power fall. But I'm having a conversation with God on the inside of me. I'm saying to God, I've been teaching that it's here and the way I'm hearing it, and maybe it's just the way I'm processing this is I'm hearing let it fall, which gives the idea that it's not here, it's got to fall. And he says, yeah, you're misunderstanding that. He said, it's like a pinata at a child's birthday party. You know what those are, cardboard figures that have candy or little toys in them. And I don't know who came up with this good idea. Blindfold a child. Hang that pinata up, give them a stick and tell them to start swinging as hard as they can. That's, that's, that's a good idea, right? Every mother's dream. And uh, he said, it's like that pinata at a child's birthday party. That pinata contains what those children want. And he said, and it's present, but it hasn't fallen yet. It's still contained. And he said, and then a child, they can hit at it, but they can maybe hit a leg and the thing just spins around and nothing opens up. What's that? Uh, An ineffective hit. Didn't make a difference. But if someone with that stick hits that thing just right, it breaks it open. And what it contains opens and spills out. And not just the one who struck it gets to collect it. Anybody in the room. Anybody in the room. Where that power came into manifestation. You could just get saved this morning and know nothing about what we're talking about, but you can still gather up. You need any healing you need, any miracle you, you can gather it up because the power is present to meet that need. I believe in the power, I 
I believe in the power of God that's present. That's present. That's present. Many miss it because they're waiting for God to send something and he's waiting for them to bring into manifestation what is what they're already authorized to attach their faith to. If God did not want us using that power anytime we needed it, why did he fill us with it? us. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you're going to get an effect. And so many are waiting for God and praying for God to send and to give, and he's waiting for them to activate that power that is there. So we have this pinata that's in the room and a child strikes that with a stick. What is the stick to this power of God? Your words. Your words of faith are the stick that strikes the power of God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We say with Paul, our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men. Our faith stands in the power of God. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of God. What I want you to do right now, think of something that needs the power in your life. I said, think of something that needs the power of God right now in your life. And we're going to release our faith in that power together. Amen. And I want you to be specific. What do you want that power to work for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise up your hands, close your eyes, and from your heart, say these words. Father, Father, I believe believe the power of God God is present present because the Holy Spirit Spirit is present. present. He's in me me. and He's present with me. And I thank you for the faith in my heart that activates the power that's present. And I speak for that power that I believe in, that you go into that arena of my life. You do a work. You do a work. And you bring about the word, the effect of the word. Now specify, call it out. What arena is that that you want the power to work in? What arena? In your finances? For your children? For your business? For your body? For a loved one? What do you want that power to work? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then lift up your hands and say this. I believe in the power of God. It's working right now. It's working right now. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Jesus called healing the children's bread. 
Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.